Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Pasha. Normally joined by Harris Kermani on tonight's show. He had some things come up. He was not able to join us, but we got a special guest. One that you guys might have heard before. I'm sure you have. I'm really excited to be doing this. Dude answered me in a pinch, so I got to give him some kudos out there in Australia. My good buddy, the one and only Bretton Eckersley. Bretton, how are you? How have you been? Thank you for joining me and welcome back. Hey man, it's so good to be back on the pod. It's been something like a year. It's great to hear your voice. It's great to just drop in. You got you got me on a good day, man. Let, let's face it, it's it's Christmas holidays here. I'm just sitting around watching the end of that crazy uh, Grizzlies Lakers game where the Lakers go down again. And yeah, you know, I just I just flicked you a little Twitter message because uh, we both had uh, plenty of Jar Morant in our lineups today. And uh, yeah, here I am back on the pod half an hour later. It's good. I love it. There you go. You recommend John Morant. He has a great game. And then all of a sudden I get my good buddy on a podcast. I think it was, I think it was meant to be, uh, it was definitely meant to be my friend. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, it's always fun doing these shows with you. It's always a pleasure to do these shows with you. Uh, you were one of my, one of my best guys I always love to record with. So, uh, as I, you know, I don't feel like I have the right to say it cause I'm not, I'm not an Aussie, but you were, you were, and always will be my mate. So, uh, I, I appreciate that. Oh. Man. I appreciate you jumping on at a pitch. Nice Australian um, colloquialism there. <laughs> hey, listen, just just for the Americans listening out there, and you just did it. You guys say Aussie. It's not Aussie. It's Aussie, like Aussie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the S's are Z's. So let's let's just get that right straight off the top, Mike. Come on. Oh, man. It wouldn't be me if I wasn't butchering some sort of reference name <laughs> or, or something. I guess. So and, and uh, welcome back. If I wasn't pulling you up on it. You know. <laughs> Well, we got four games to talk about here. Uh, and, you know, Breton, he is uh, in Australia where he's going to be talking about DraftKings with me. He's going to be breaking down the slate with me. Um, they do not allow the pricing on DraftKings to be revealed, at least not this early as we're recording this. So the dude's going to be flying off the seat of his pants, but he's an absolute stud. So if this is your first time listening to Breton talk, dude knows his hoops. Dude knows what he's talking about. He still does some stuff over with us at HoopBall uh, when he has the time. Um, I'm sorry, Sports Ethos. You were with us when it was hoop ball, but now this is actually your first sports ethos show. So welcome to that. Yes. Uh, but he's he's been with us for a long time. So I highly recommend you also give him a follow. We'll drop his Twitter at the end of the show. Dude is an absolute hoops nut. But we got the first game of the night. We're going to be talking about the Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Brooklyn, taking on the Nets. The Nets are getting some of these bodies back. But we have a 217 game total. Brooklyn being favored by three in this one right now for the Nets. David Duke Jr., Kessler Edwards, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, and Duran Sharp all rolled out. So we're going to see a couple of these guys. Kevin Durant's back in the lineup. LaMarcus Aldridge back in the lineup. And then for the Sixers, Danny Green has been rolled out along with Ben Simmons. Shake Milton is questionable. So we'll start off with the away team as we always do, starting off with this Sixers team. Uh, Looking at this, we have some few guys we could spend up on. So Joel Embiid at 11K, he's probably my number two to three stud to spend up on. Absolutely in play in this matchup. Uh, We've seen them face off two times already this season. He dropped 50 DK points at both those. But at 11K, we're really going to need a little bit more than 50. We know that the Brooklyn Nets have been struggling against opposing centers. Yes, they're getting LaMarcus Aldridge back, but I do not expect him to have a full workload whatsoever. That was one thing that they said, uh, you know, conditioning and everything is what kind of held him back already. So I probably end up sliding away from Embiid, but he's certainly in play. I'm going to keep him in my player pool. Tobias Harris is coming in at 8,800. 
Feels a little bit too expensive for Tobias. I actually want to see him around that AK range, that 7,800 range. Until he gets there, I'll continue to fade him. I don't think there's actually been a slate I really played him on all season long. So I just don't see uh, I don't see why I should do it now. The one guy I do have some consideration for would be Tyrese Maxey at 5,600. Uh, coming off of a stinker of a game in Toronto where he shot 2 of 11, only put up nine actual t- five actual points, nine DK points in general. So... I think he makes for a nice little pivot play. It's a four-game slate. It's a guy that won't draw a ton of ownership or anything like that. So in your tournaments, you could look at him. So he's probably the one sixer I do uh, have interest in. A lot of these other guys, you know, I, I just don't see myself playing too, too many shares of them. I know it's only a four-game slate. I know we're going to want some of them. Uh, but outside of him and maybe like a Georges Niang pivot uh, at 3,400 for value, those are the only two guys I really have any interest in, Brett. And I'll pass it over to you. Any of those guys kind of pique your interest in this matchup? Oh look, you can always target um, centers against the Nets. Uh, this is this is slated to be a close game. I, I don't mind Joel Embiid in this one. Eleven K, as you said, is pretty steep. But um, Aldridge coming back, um, you know, like you said, his conditioning may not be there. So I don't mind Embiid at that price. I think uh, it, it's pretty good cash play, to be honest. He he may go berserk and and smash through that value as well um, against uh, Brooklyn, who have real trouble holding down centers. So uh, I've been a little bit more on the Tobias train this season. I have played him a little bit more than what you're saying, but 8,800 seems a little steep. Um, I, I will probably just mostly pass on the sixes here and maybe maybe just a, a sprinkling of Maxi, as you mentioned, and that's about it. All right, we'll slide over to the Brooklyn side of the ball. Now we have Kevin Durant back, so it takes a little bit of the luster away from James Harden. Both these guys are priced over 11K. Uh, James Harden has been that guy that we could just go to uh, ever since that we saw. He has back-to-back games, at least 75 DK points, 30-plus actual points with double-digit assists. Maybe coming to an end. I still expect a good game from Harden here. Kevin Durant, I imagine he plays close to a full workload. I mean, he's the guy that, you know, they expect uh, to, you know, play in this game. And, you know, Kevin Durant's not the type of player where he's going to limit himself. So, Unless there's any sort of hard restriction from the coaching staff and from the training staff where, say, you know, he's got a hard cap of 28 or 30 minutes. We probably won't hear that regardless. Nonetheless, I don't see myself playing any either one of those guys because we have one or two guys in that last game of the night that we're going to get to who I just think are a little bit more enticing in that matchup. So I don't see myself having too much Durant, too much Harden. I actually prefer to play Embiid on the other side of the ball. And then moving down to Patty Mills at 7,200 with Durant back in the lineup with Harden still there. The usage is going to be kind of pried away from him so slightly. Still probably going to be third in this team in shot attempts and usage. Uh, but at 7,200, I just prefer Maxi over him point per dollar at 5,600 on the other side. Aldridge at 61, no thank you. Uh, normally, I would have interest because they're going to need his size. They're going to need that body going against Joel Embiid. I just have no idea what to expect uh, conditioning standpoint from him. So I just don't see myself landing on Aldridge. Uh, and then Claxton, I do think, is still in play. Uh, at 4,900, or yeah, 4,900. I wouldn't expect 30-plus from him. I think we're probably looking around that 22- to 24-minute range. I'll probably chop it right down the middle when we look at it. So in play at that price tag, it's still okay. It's not that smash value. It's not really even a great cash game play. But in your tournaments, he's definitely a little bit viable. And then we also have Cam Thomas back in this one. So that's going to take a little bit of the luster away from some of those bench unit guys that we've kind of been seeing, like Benbury, uh, Enos, and you know maybe even a little bit of Bruce Brown. The, the rotation is going to be looking like it should. So all these guys are a little bit still priced up uh, from a point-per-dollar perspective. At 4800 Bruce Brown feels a little too expensive, but wouldn't fault you for going there. Dude, that's a guard that could pile up steals, pile up rebounds very quickly. 
Uh, but everybody else just kind of feels a little bit too pricey for me. So I'll probably opt to – I'm not going to say I'll fade this entire game because I, I will have you know bits and pieces of off plays and pivot plays here and there. But everybody's priced up as though hard – or, I mean, Durant is still out. And I don't want to pay a full price tag when we have value in other games and we have other studs that we could spend up on. Yeah, man, pretty much straight down the line. I mean, the only thing I'll add is if you are looking at the Joel Embiid, you know, uh, high price play here that you probably want to run it back with someone on the other side of the ball. Um, and, you know, there's a fair case for doing that in this game. I, I just got a feeling it stays close. It probably won't be the highest scoring game of the night by any stretch. But uh, if you're going to play Embiid, then you probably want to run it back with either Durant or Harden, uh, given that, you know, most people are going in with these two stud lineups at the moment, given all the value on the board. Um, so, yeah, I probably just prefer maybe Harden there and if you were going to run that back with Embiid. But other than that, um, yeah, it's it's tough now because you've got those two studs in there. They're both priced up really high. You know, it, it's a risky play. Um, the the Aldridge coming back in, you know, that takes all the all the shine out of Nick Claxton. Um, really, uh, it, it's a decent price tag. Um, Aldridge being the age he is, he probably doesn't play a whole lot of minutes first game back. So potentially Nick Claxton still gets some decent minutes there and, and could potentially put up a decent score. I'd probably rather play him, play him if he's actually coming off the bench ra- rather than um, starting against Embiid. Absolutely. We'll move on to the next game. It's a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Washington, taking on the Wizards here. Obviously, we have the unfortunate news that got released today uh, that our guy Ricky Rubio has torn his ACL. He's done for the season. Along with him being out is Ed Davis, Darius Garland, Seti Osman, Colin Sexton, and then we have Lamar Stevens, Dylan Windler, both questionable. Jared Allen is doubtful. Bradley Beal will be questionable with, in this game, along with Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Anthony Gill. And then we have Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, who I don't think is ever coming back at this point, uh, Montrezl Harrell, and then Aaron Holiday, Raul Neto are all ruled out. So this game... I do think it's going to be a little bit of enticing for fantasy purposes. I think a lot of people are going to look at this for some value in this one. Uh, but looking at the game total right now, it is not available. So I expect a pretty close spread between these teams, despite Ricky Rubio being out along with every other point guard. So we'll start off here with Cleveland. Mobley back. He played 30 minutes in that return game. So it looks like they're they're pretty much committed. He warmed up to that game, so I wasn't expecting him to come out to play 30. They said, we're going to let him warm up and see how he feels. He looked fine. Shot 9 of 12 from the field. Didn't get any ancillary stats like blocks or steals. But 7800 is a fair price tag for him. It's a little bit more expensive than I'd like to see. I was hoping for 74 75 I know two or $300 doesn't sound like too much. Uh, but it makes a big difference, especially when you get down to the end of your lineup. But he's certainly in play. I expect him to play a majority of the center minutes here. We also saw Kevin Love come out and play 32 minutes in that last game. Which, if this game stays close, we probably will see again. Uh, if we can get 30 to, you know, 28 minutes out of Kevin Love. He's absolutely a fantastic play at 6,700. He has that dual eligibility at power forward and center along with Mobley. So a guy that I definitely see myself having some shares. He's a little risky just because at any given time, Kevin Love can play 18 minutes and burn us. Uh, It's happened before. They could end up just opting with more Mobley and marketing at the big positions, playing the five, playing the four. It could certainly happen. But I, I'm willing to take the chance on a few GPPs at 6,700. Uh, that's you know pretty much an asking price of hoping that he gets anywhere between 30, 35 DK points. And I think if he plays 30 plus or even 30, he has 40 plus DK point upside in this matchup. So absolutely on board with Kevin Love. And then we want to take advantage of whoever's going to be playing this point guard position. So uh, my best guess is going to be Pe- uh, Kevin Pangos. 
Uh, he's probably going to end up drawing the start, if not him, Denzel Valentine. Now, Pangos is not a great point-per-minute producer, but anybody at that low of a salary on a four-game slate that's playing 30-plus minutes is absolutely in play. So I think I'll end up with more shares of Valentine. He also has that small forward eligibility. Keep an eye on that, though. We got to, you know, hopefully we'll get that starting lineup before everything tips off. And we should because there's three games that all start first and then one late game. So those are the two guys that I think in that backcourt that are really piquing my interest. I know a lot of people probably go to Isaac Okoro. I don't fault you there. I'm not much of a, an Okoro player. At 4,400, it's a, it's a straight good salary. Don't get me wrong. Um, just doesn't really, not really a ball handler. He's more of just like a perimeter guy, a defensive guy. So I really want to just look at who's going to be handling the ball here, who's going to be taking advantage of the you know the assist bumps, uh, and then obviously the usage bump because Ricky Rubio has been shooting the ball a ton this season. And with Garland out, I mean, there's got to be people that are going to be shooting here. Ricky Rubio took 25 shots in that game where he tore his ACL, almost put up a triple-double for us. So I want to see who's taking advantage of the usage. And the guys I expect to do that would be like marketing, Kevin Love, uh, whoever's handling the ball a little bit more. I think Denzel Valentine. Coro, of course, will get a couple other shots, but I'm almost on board with all these guys. So Mobley at 78, Kevin Love at 67, Pangos at 38. I think Valentine at 33 might be popping up as one of my favorite plays and hint, hint, one of my favorite values that we'll get to later. Uh, and then I don't mind even a Coro at 44. So I know I just riled off a ton of guys, but any <laughs> of those guys stand out to you? Yeah, sure. All of them. Um, no, look, I, I'm probably going to just move away from the Kevin Pangos thing. Um, I found myself when I first started playing DFS getting burnt by that. Um, you know, this guy's the replacement point guard. And and by the way, I, I'm a Pelicans fan, so I was watching that game when Rubio did his ACL. And uh, yeah, I was uh, very sad for that to happen, even against my Pels. He, he was absolutely on fire and cooking and i had him in a lot of my lineups that's beside the point uh to see a guy like that who's stepped up uh in in the absence of the other guards go down as well was just shocking so uh shout out to ricky and hope he's getting better or will get better in the next 12 months or so man i'm i'm down the line with you this is this is about um uh, the spread of usage here for me. Uh, Okoro, yeah, I don't play a lot of Okoro either. Uh, he's just not uh, offensive-minded enough for me. So he can pick up steals and, and blocks and things like that, a few boards, but uh, I'll leave him on the table tonight. Uh, like you, it's it's Markinen, it's Mobley for sure, especially if he's playing centre minutes, uh, which is uh, highly likely here. If he can get, you know, 25, 26 minutes in the centre position, uh, he is going to rack up boards and potentially some... Um, you know, high efficiency scoring plus maybe some defensive stats. Can you just give me the price for Kevin Love and Denzel Valentine again, mate? 6700 for Kevin Love and then a measly 3300 for Denzel Valentine. Yeah, so, so they're both just wildly in play as well. I mean, Kevin Love has just, you know, wound that clock back this season. It's just been unbelievable to see. And, and he was cooking the Pelicans uh, a couple of nights ago. So Kevin Love at that price, uh, yep, you can take stabs at that. You can maybe pivot that with Mobley as the prices are kind of similar. Um, or you can potentially even just play them both in this in this kind of fantasy-friendly friend, uh, uh, match up and then Denzel Valentine's going to have a lot more on-ball duties. So 3,300, I think you said, that's uh, that's one of the best value plays on the board. I'm with you. Yep. And the one thing that we need to keep an eye on is Lamar Stevens because he is questionable. If he does end up playing in this game, he'd probably be the guy that handles the ball a little bit more over Pangos. If he plays, it completely takes Pangos off the floor for me completely. Uh, but I still think Valentine, like you said, he's probably one of those can't-miss value plays on tonight's slate that I'll have plenty of shares of. Moving on to the next game. 
eat the chalk, man. I'm always about that. You see me post on Twitter. There's that one gif that I probably over abused and used where it's like a, a little kid rubbing the coach's face into the soccer line, uh, you know, eating the chalk and he just sits there and mushes it in. I, I went back. I, I'll find it. It'll, it'll get posted. I'm sure. But we have, we have the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Orlando, taking on the magic here. This is the last of the 7 PM Eastern standard time games hey, for the hey, Bucks. Mark, can I just jump in? Yeah, of course. Would you like to talk about the Wizards? Oh, I guess we could do yeah. that. What, yeah. what happened? What, I got back on the pod and everything went off the rails. You frazzled me, man. You, you, you frazzled <laughs> me a little bit. Uh, well, it's going to be simple for me with the Wizards, actually. If Bradley Beal plays, I'm not going to be you know, probably paying up on many of these guys at all. Uh, if Beal sits, I think Dinwiddie um, is definitely going to be in play. He's probably going to be one of my favorite point guard options if there's no Beal. Uh, and then outside of him, I think we can go right back to the well with a guy like Denny. But... Yeah, I got burned by him pretty pretty well in that last one. He still managed to put up 22 DK points. But a guy that's got a floor of about that 20, that's what we saw in that last one. He only had four shot attempts. Uh, he usually could get some good defensive numbers, decent rebounds. So those would be my two primary options if Beal sits. And then I think Gafford also at 5K, if he's playing 36 minutes like he should be with no Montrezl Harrell. Uh, yeah, that's something that we have to be interested in. Uh, he'd probably end up you know, coming in to be one of my favorite center options simply because 5K for him playing 36. We're willing to pay that 5K for when he's playing 22 minutes. Normally chopping our 24 when he's chopping those minutes down the middle. Uh, but at 5K, that's just an excellent price tag in a matchup where we know they're going to use some size in their opposing front court with marketing, with Mobley, with Kevin Love. Sign me up. Gafford's in play no matter what. He's my top option on this team. Uh, and then if Beal plays, it, it's probably just going to be Gafford. But I still think that if he sits, Dinwiddie and Denny come into play as well. Uh, all set. I'm not chasing that Bertans game. I uh, will see those happen once in a blue moon where he just lights it up from deep. He took 10 three-pointers in that last one, hit five of them. Doesn't do much outside of shooting the three ball, but he's usually pretty good at it. Just, I think, you know, give me Valentine at $400 cheaper. So I'll pass it over to you. I'm glad you brought it up. I guess we should have talked about them. Uh, and give me your thoughts on them, I guess, if Beal plays and if he doesn't play. Uh, yeah, if, if Bill plays, I won't have any interest uh, outside of Gafford either, really. Um, don't chase shooters. Don't chase da- Davis Bertans' crazy night of shooting. Uh, the guys who are out there shooting and doing not much else, although you know, he can pick up a few rebounds here and there, uh, that's the games you don't chase. Um, you chase the guys who are proven fantasy um, producers, not guys who have a wild shooting night. Uh, that's just a rule of thumb for me, as I'm sure is for you. If Bill sits, Dinwiddie for sure. If Bill plays, it's Gafford for me only, mate. All right. I guess now we can move on. Uh, we'll do that now. Please. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Orlando, uh, taking on the Magic here for the injury report. Only one for the Bucks is Brooke Lopez. And then the Magic, they have a CVS receipt. Uh, Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Asani Gravatt, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, Mikel Mulder, Chuma Okiki, Terrence Ross, and Jalen Suggs have all been ruled out. We'll start off here with the Bucs. Uh, frankly, I think, you know, we just saw these two teams face off against each other. Got out of hand pretty early. It's a 12.5-point spread, 216 game total. I'm worried about it. And I think, you know, if you're playing the pivot game and you're not worried about it, Giannis will be coming into play. But with another guy only $300 away from him that I prefer to spend up on, I just don't see myself going to Giannis. He only played 30 minutes in that last one. Still managed to produce 46, but we don't want to get that 46. We were, we're hoping for a 55 to 60 if we're paying that 11 6. And in order for him to do that, he's going to have to play a little bit more minutes. So I'll probably avoid Giannis. I'll probably avoid Middleton and Holiday. I think Holiday is still a little too expensive at 8900 
Um, a guy that probably should be more more aligned the 8K price range with Middleton. So for the most part, I'm avoiding all the big names here. Even Bobby Portis, uh, I'm good with the paying 7,500 for him. Give me Gafford at 5K. If I'm looking anywhere, it's going to be some of these ancillary bench options, some of these you know backup guys uh, that could actually get it done. Maybe like even a, a little risky, but maybe even like a Dante Divincenzo. He's only he's only 4K. He's played 16 minutes in his first two games back. We know this guy's working his way up from an offseason surgery, so. They're eventually going to try to do what they can to ramp him up, blow out or not. So he's the one guy I think I can keep in my player pool, maybe like a Grayson Allen. But again, as DiVincenzo starts to get ramped up, we're going to see Grayson Allen probably shift back to a bench role just because they're going to want DiVincenzo's defense in that starting lineup eventually. So I'm really not interested in much of anybody outside of the dart throw. And I say, you know, with emphasis, dart throw on DiVincenzo, hoping that this is one of those minutes or games where his minutes hit that 20-minute mark. But it's nothing that we can write home about or, you know, guarantee. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm not not going to pay up for anybody, uh, you know, any of the, the big three here or, you know, if you want to call it the big four with Bobby Portis, it's just too risky paying all of those dollars out of your salary um, cap for a, a, a potential, you know, 20, 25 point blowout. Who knows how bad this gets? Um, I am probably I'm definitely not looking at uh, the uh, rotation blender that at the moment that is Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton and throw Dante DiVincenzo into that mix, as you mentioned, and it gets even scarier uh, or harder to predict. So you're really rolling the dice um, between those three guys at the moment. Um, I know what you said about minutes for DiVincenzo. I, I would be more worried personally if this gets out of hand that um, they maybe don't invest too much time in him and maybe ramp him up in another game where it means more. Um, can you just throw me the price for Jordan Nwora, mate? Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, Jordan Nwora is priced at 4300 so he's still in that value tier. Uh, he played 28 minutes uh, in that last game against Dallas, but that was also seven days ago. Looks like he didn't even log a single minute going against the Magic in that last one, but fantastic point-per-minute producer. Interesting that he didn't log a single minute. Has he, he? I haven't seen a Bucks game lately. He has been okay to play, but um, I mean, if he's get if if he if we know he's getting some run, which I'm, I'd have to look back on why he didn't play. I don't think he was necessarily ruled out. Um, I think that the game just got into such a blowout that they just didn't need to play him. I mean, the game was pretty much intact for I would say all four quarters. Um, you know, we are starting to get some of these other bodies back as well. You know, Semi Ojale's back in there. He didn't even log a single minute, though, in that last one either. So I, I don't know why exactly he didn't play. Maybe, uh, you know, somebody can fill me in on it. Um, let me know on Twitter. I know that they're getting Boogie Cousins a little bit more involved, and maybe because it was like one of Giannis's first games back, they, they wanted to just try to get him as much run as he can. He only played that other game against Boston as well. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little risk-adverse when it comes to it, but I guess in your GPPs, if you want to take the chance, I think there's still – you know, a couple better dart throws that we have and better value that we've already spoke about. But I'm not totally against the play if we know that he's going to log a, a single minute or not. That's it. We need to know if he's playing. But, um, yeah, um, it, you know, playing the blowout game is is risky in itself because who knows what can happen on any given night. I mean, the odds tell us that really this should be a smashing by the Bucks, But who knows? You know, sometimes when you get a whole lot of new guys playing together, the, the, the intensity goes up. Um, and maybe the Magic keep it close. I don't know. It, it's a risky play, some of these bench players. But uh, Nora, yeah, dart throw in GPPs, and that's about it. Yep. And listen, a good dart throw, but it's not not a cash play in my in my uh, recommendations. On to Orlando, though. 
Uh, coming off of a Franz Wagner career night, which we saw him absolutely torch them for 38 actual points, put up 56.25 DK points. The dude had it going for him. He shot 12 of 20, four from eight from deep. I mean, I'd be a fool to say he's not in play. Again, I know this dude has been extremely consistent, and we've seen some flashes along the way, but I'm really worried about this game. I don't think that he'd be a guy that they just completely bench. I mean, they just don't have a lot of bodies available as it is. You know, he's still probably going to play 30 minutes no matter what. They're not just going to, you know, play him 24 and then play Admiral Schofield, uh, you know, 24, 25 minutes either. I just don't see that kind of happening. So I do think that we could still look at him. I'm probably going to lean other spots like Kevin Love. I still think at 67, I prefer ever so slightly. Uh, but he does have that small forward eligibility that we covet. The one guy that I am very interested in would be RJ Hampton at 3,900. You know, now that we're talking about Gravit, Gravit's ruled out of this one. He was playing in that last game. He's dealing with the health and safety protocols himself. Hampton played 28 minutes. They're really getting thin at the point guard position. So I imagine blowout or not, this is probably looking at a 30-plus minute game from Hampton. And at 3,900, he would step into that fantastic chalk value play that I'm just going to eat and be okay with it. You know, I, I'm really hoping that other people just go elsewhere with their spend-ups. I'll eat the chalk, you know, pivot away on some mid-tier guys, pivot away on some spend-ups, and I'm really interested in the guy like R.J. Hampton. And then there's one other guy that we I think we could consider as an even pivot off of Hampton, which would be Tim Frazier, who played 21 minutes in that last game. You know, Timmy is not a guy that goes out there and piles on points or anything like that. He's not the best shooter in the world, but he's usually good for – uh, good rebounds, good assists, maybe a steal or two. So at 3,100, if you needed to pivot off of Hampton or you, for some reason, you know, you're, you're multi-building and you want to try it out there, uh, those are the two guys that really, really piqued my interest in this matchup. And then, I again, I don't mind looking at a Franz Wagner or Gary Harris, but I think Gary at 51 is still in a comfortable price range, just haven't seen the upside. And then Franz would have to replicate that absolute thunderous game that he had where he shot 12 of 20, which I, no one's saying it can't be done twice in a row. Uh, I just think he'll draw a fair amount of ownership coming off of it in the same exact matchup. People see that and want to gravitate towards it. Well, you know, that's sometimes your way to take advantage of a four game slate. It's not necessarily playing the guy or, you know, playing guys that nobody else is going to play. It's just maybe avoiding guys that everybody else is going to play and picking your spots elsewhere. So what is Wagner's actual price, Mark? He is 7K. So he's $300 more than Kevin Love. So that's where it gets a little challenging for me because I do like Kevin Love. I mean, I think Wagner comes into play a little bit more if you are playing some of these Bucks guys, if you do gravitate. But, you you know, you kind of heard my take on it on the other side of the ball. I really just don't see myself playing any Bucks. So I, I can get my exposure with some of these cheaper guys on Orlando and then spend up in other spots, you know, if – there's no Bradley Beal, maybe Dinwiddie at a $7,100 price tag. And maybe it's some, one of these guys in this later game that we talk about that you want to play. Uh, there's not a ton of guys in that mid-tier range that really gravitate and pop off the page for me. We have mentioned a couple of them so far. You know, Mobley, uh, I talked about if Spencer Dinwiddie, if there's no Bradley Beal, uh, Kevin Love. But, you know, outside of those three guys, I'm not really gravitating towards the mid-tier. So he's going to stay in my player pool. I will have a share or two. Don't get me wrong. But I, I imagine I'll probably be underweight compared to the field. Yeah, it's an enticing kind of price. But as you said, the matchup, you know, is not the best against the Bucks defense. Uh, we're probably not going to see that same outburst that we saw last time. It, it's just a little bit of, yeah, the usage has to go somewhere here. And if there's, uh, you know, a chance that Orlando keep this close for three quarters or, you know, within the realms of possibility for three quarters, then Wagner's going to be the guy. He's going to be the shooter. Um, I don't mind taking 
a few stabs at him at that price tag. Um, but as you mentioned, outside of that, for me, it's it's RJ Hampton. I, uh, you know, we spoke about Pangos before, uh, and I was a little um, hesitant in just dropping him into lineups just because Rubio's out. He doesn't feel like the usage guy, whereas Hampton, you know, he, he's a decent per minute producer, and he comes into this lineup at the point guard position. And you know, even though he's facing Drew Holiday defense. Uh, he's going to lock big minutes, and hopefully he can turn that into, you know, 6, 7x for us uh, with a, what's a 3,900 price tag. I think that's a, a, a pretty good value play. And as you said, eat the chalk where you have to eat the chalk, and I reckon this is one of the chalkier plays. Absolutely. And just uh, if you needed a little bit more for Wagner, these teams have played three times a season, and keep in mind that last game he put in 56.25 DK points. Ooh. His average against them this season, DK points-wise, is still only 23. So, again, while I kind of think that's a little bit more of an outlier uh, and uh, probably probably avoid it with one or two shares. But final game of the night is a big gap in between. It's a 9.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Uh, big gap, like I said, between that one and the first one. Golden State Warriors rematch against the Denver Nuggets. The Warriors fell to them in that last one. Probably looking like a decent bounce-back spot for them. But we'll start off here with the Nuggets. Questionable guys, Aaron Gordon, Monte Morris, Austin Rivers, uh, Vlaco Kankar, all questionable. And then Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Marcus Howard, P.J. Dozier, all ruled out. And for the Warriors, Draymond Green has been ruled out in health and safety protocols with Damian Lee. And then Clay Thompson and James Wiseman remain out of this lineup as well. You know, looking at this game total, 213, four-and-a-half point spread being favored towards Golden State. There's no secret about it. I'm going to have a lot of shares of my player pool uh, in this game, it's just that simple. You know, looking at Golden State, Steph Curry at 11-4, he is most certainly in play. He's coming off of a down game against him in that last one, only put up 33.5 DK points. I still think Jokic is my top spend-up of anybody on this slate, which we'll get to. But I think if you're looking at a number two, it's going to be Curry. I expect this one to have some fireworks in it. Uh, it's not very often that a team can bottle up Steph Curry two games in a row, uh, let alone back-to-back games where, they're, where he's facing the same team and facing the same defense. So, uh, I, I have a lot of interest in him. And bottom line, I think his assists will probably go up in this game, just knowing that Draymond's off the floor. Uh, we usually see those assists bump a little bit with Steph having the ball in his hand a little bit. They don't run through Draymond as much. They won't play as much half-court sets with Draymond, obviously. So for all those reasons, Steph Curry, very, very much in play. Outside of him, I think Gary Payton at 51 is certainly serviceable. I prefer him over a guy like Gary Harris. Guy's been starting. He's been playing 29, 30 minutes a game. His defense is impeccable. He's always going to be on the floor grabbing boards, getting steals. We don't need him to shoot a hold on. He's not going to hit that you know, double-digit shot attempts most likely. There's a chance he could, but it won't be by much. But at 5,100, very serviceable. And then there's also some value that we could consider in here. Juan Toscano Anderson at 3,700. I expect that he probably draws the start in place for Draymond. And at 3,700, it's another great value play that we could consider. And if you're looking for the pivot off of him, it's going to be Nemanja Bijalica. Uh, I definitely think he's in play as well. He doesn't. He's not probably going to draw the start, but I expect he plays at least 20, 23 minutes in this one. And a great point per minute guy that when we see him playing 20 to 23 in this sort of matchup, absolutely in play. I expect myself to probably even have more Nemanja than I do want Toscano, but I think just simply just because I play a lot of GPPs and I'm pivoting off of it where I think a lot of people go want Toscano. But both those guys absolutely in play along with some Gary Payton and Steph Curry. Uh, Wiggins is priced at 69. Jordan Poole is priced at 65. Just for your, uh, just for your interest over there, Brenton. I know you're probably going to want to talk about one or two of these guys, uh, but for the most part, I think I will go elsewhere. Um, 
these guys are both lightning in a bottle. They could both do it on any given night. I just, I'm already starting to fill up my lineup and I'm running out of spots. And if I ever want to try to run back two studs with the value that we do have available, it's going to be in this game with Steph Curry and Jokic. Yeah, well, we mentioned, you know, uh, or I mentioned, you know, potentially stacking that Brooklyn-Philly game, but this is the obvious stack right here, as you've kind of uh, outlined, you know, Steph Curry at one end of the um, roster and, and Nikola Jokic at the other end. You, you pair those two up, find the value elsewhere, and watch them both, both go big in this game. I think uh, it, it probably makes a lot more sense uh, than the other mini stack. Um, and, yeah, I'm not, not 100% sure on the rest of these guys it's a little hard with paul potentially back in the lineup wiggins is already back in the lineup um i think that takes a lot of usage away from guys like gta um even if he does get the start uh i like your nemanja bialica uh pivot option um you know you can build lineups and if you happen to fall in that gta or bialica area for your power forward um switch between them and keep the rest of your lineups basically the same it's a good way to go um one of them goes big some of your lineups will hit and you know if the other one doesn't quite match up then you may lose a few but that's a that's a way i like to play pivots um making sure i've got a stable lineup with the guys i really want and then in these situations where you're not sure who's going to go big pivot the two guys together when they're priced uh similarly so yeah that's just the way i play peyton uh i'm i'm not not sure there i think Paul potentially back in, maybe just takes some shine off of Gary Payton. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, you know, Curry and, and you know, we, we've obviously got the big guy on the other side of the ball coming up. Absolutely. And then the final team of the night, Denver Nuggets. Uh, you already heard my take on Jokic probably about three times over already. He is my top tier <laughs> play on this slate. I uh, just put up 60 against him in that last game. It feels like his floor in most nights, unless it gets out of hand, is always 50. Uh, and then he has that 70-point upside just baked in there at all times. So, yeah, yeah that give was, me Jokic. That was a quiet 60, too. It was like, <laughs> how did he get there? He, got, he still got there, and it was like you barely noticed him. Exactly. And then there's, uh, there's always these games where now take Draymond out of that front court. I don't think things are going to get much, much harder. Oh, one guy that we didn't mention on Golden State, too, who should play a little bit more uh, would be Kevon Looney. Uh, never do I ever feel comfortable about playing Kevon Looney, but with no Draymond, I tend to look at him a little bit more. Another value play for you at 3,600. Sure, why not? Uh, like we didn't mention enough value already, and we're going to get to more right now. Monte Morris being questionable, Austin Rivers being questionable. If one or both of these guys sit, we could continue to play Compasso. At 4,100, he comes into a great value spot as well. Uh, just another guy under that around that 4K range that you can use. And that's why I kind of feel myself going more stars and scrubs on this slate, paying up for Jokic and one other stud. You could pick your poison, whether you want it to be Embiid, whether you want it to be one of those Philly or uh, Brooklyn guys. I'll probably opt to just run it back with a little bit of Curry as well. But there's plenty of value here where it just kind of it kind of makes the build for you. So looking at Compasso, looking at Bones Highland, if one or both of those guys sit certainly in play, uh, no doubt about it. It's just the, the route I'll probably end up going. I know Jokic is going to be in there, so I don't need to get too, too heavy. Keep in mind, anytime that there's no real point guard in there, uh, it, the ball is just going to be in Jokic's hands a little bit more if Monte's sitting. So I'm not expecting massive games out of Composo or massive games out of Bones Highland, but they're both certainly still in play and both in my player pool. Those are the three guys I have the most interest in. I wouldn't even fault you if you want to look at that mid-tier range and go for a guy like Will Barton. I think 5,700 is too cheap, but I'd really want to see Aaron Gordon ruled out and Monte ruled out for me to really think he's a smash play. He's in play regardless, but he becomes a smash play if there's no Monte and there's no Aaron Gordon, just simply because uh, he's like that tweener guard who plays small forward and can handle the ball a little bit more for them as well. 
Yeah, I don't mind Barton, actually. I mean, outside of the obvious uh, Jokic play, which I think we've both agreed on, we're, we're playing a lot of. Um, I don't mind Barton. The shot is finally back. Uh, he has been burning my regular season fantasy teams. I think I have him in three out of four leagues. Uh, and I've just been uh, hovering my finger over that drop button. Uh, so it was great to see him finally put some uh, balls back in the basket. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, we're waiting on news for Monte Morris and Austin Rivers. And I think that... Um, Facundo Campazzo becomes a bit of a, a, a smash value play, uh, both especially if both of those guys are out. You can never go wrong with them. So now, Breton, I know you. I know you listen to our show. You I know you remember. So now we get to our tier segment. It's gonna be a little tough for you without the pricing, but I'm sure you have a couple guys locked into your mind that you're thinking. Don't worry, I'll give you first crack at every single tier. Uh, give me the guy you're spending up on. Uh, anybody over 8K that you consider to be one of your favorite plays that we've mentioned. 8K. It's going to be probably just uh, the real obvious ones here, Mike. It's going to be either um, – well, I've got to pick one, don't I? Otherwise, I just count you out. So let's go with Jokic. Uh, he's already dropped 60 a uh, couple of days ago on this team. And uh, like I said, that was kind of with uh, his hands behind his back. So he could go anywhere, you know, 60 to 75 here. All right. Well, then that, you already know where I'm going then. Yeah, I knew that, I knew that was coming. So uh, I'll end up leaning with a little bit of Steph Curry action, run it back. Again, wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to Embiid or one of these other guys at all. I just uh, I want to get some Curry Meister in here. Uh, guy's coming off of that 3,000th three-pointer that he was made, uh, played 39 minutes in this matchup. And keep in mind, that last game that they played was super low scoring. I don't expect it to be an 86 to 89 game again. I'm expecting this one to hit double digits. And if that's the case, I think Steph Curry is probably looking at a clean 55. I don't expect him to have a 70-pointer in this one, but a clean 55 at 11-4 is what I'm expecting. And now for your mid-tier range, it would be anyone in between that 7-9 to 5K that we've talked about. If you need some refreshers, let me know. But I'll pass it over to you for your mid-tier range. Mid-tier range. There's a few to choose from here. I'm just running back uh, without the prices in front of me, which is always tough. Um, Barton's in, Barton. I'm going to go with Barton there. Uh, I, I like him uh, now that his shot's back. Uh, I think this game stays close. And if, if Will Barton, you know, gets to, you know, 40 50% um, field goal percentage, I think he's in for a big night. That was a great call. Yeah, absolutely. I think Barton is very much in play. The guy I'll go with will be Mr. Kevin Love at 6,700. Again, always risk associated with Kevin Love. Don't think he's just a smash cash game player or anything like that. Probably more reserved for your tournaments, but uh, we're hoping to see another 30-plus minutes out of him. And if that's the case, I think at 6,700, that's a great price tag for him. And then the value tier. So the guys under 5K, we talked about probably about 15 of these guys that are in play. Lead us off. <laughs> um. I'm going to steer away from the Kevin Pangos ship and oh, it's a toss up. I'm going to go with RJ Hampton. Uh, I was leaning towards someone else, but I think just uh, the minutes that he's going to get with the ball in his hand, um, even if that is a blowout against the Bucks, uh, he is my dude for the value tier. Absolutely. He is probably one of my favorite value plays on this slate. And I'll lean to a guy that we talked to earlier in the game, which would be Denzel Valentine at 3,300. Uh, I expect him to play 30 minutes in this one. Now, hopefully, we get to see him play a little bit of point guard. That's what I'm really hoping for. But nonetheless, he played 22 or 23 minutes in that last game with Rubio playing 37. Uh, Pangos isn't going to come out here and play 48 minutes. So I imagine that we're seeing more of like a 26 to 28 minute range for Valentine. Guy that's never shy to shoot. 
not the best, but a guy that can easily be serviceable at 3,300. There was many ways we could have went with that. I mean, I hope people kind of had their pen and paper out and wrote some of these names down that we spoke about because there is a lot of value. So don't feel like you're locked into any one of those guys. I mean, feel who go with whoever you feel comfortable in. I always just give my take and who I'm playing and who I'm looking at. I try to keep it as transparent as possible uh, and only give you guys who uh, guys I'm actually playing. Uh, I mean, it's easy to mention everybody, but I try to get as uh, as truthful as possible when I do these shows and when, even when I'm in Discord answering questions about, you know, listen, this this is who I have. Um, and, you know, I, I don't toot my own horn or anything. I'm generally pretty successful when it comes to DFS. It's not every night, though. So trust your gut, guys. Go with who you like. It's There's never a wrong answer on some of these things, and I could be wrong a lot as well. But those are my plays and Brenton's plays. So thank you, as always, for listening. Now, Brenton, you don't have to jump into this one because I don't even think it's available for you. Uh, but Thrive Fantasy, our sponsor. It is not available. It's not available. Well, shame uh, on I, I know. They sh- it should be because it's awesome. I- I've been having a lot of fun playing Thrive. I, you know, it's one of the sponsors I always talked about that. It's something I used before we even, they even sponsored our show. So, guys, come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. And if you don't know what it is, it's a daily fantasy sports and eSport app for player props with Thrive. You will eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. So you choose 10 of 20 available player props, build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of that prize pool. Thrive has over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over $6 million thus far. So head over there. Sign up, use that promo code ETHOS when you sign up, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. So it's free money when you use that promo code ETHOS. Take advantage of it. Try it out. Win some money. You'll love it. I promise you. It's a fantastic prop bet site. And then download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Play Store. Visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. So now it's, uh, it's about that time where we give out some of our top Thrive Fantasy plays. And since Breton does not have it available to him, I will try my best to throw out two that kind of uh, I'm gravitating towards and and pop off the page for me. So looking at this right now, I see James Harden at nine and a half rebounds. I'm willing to take the under on that. Uh, the under is only 90, so it's not the most fantastic one. But obviously with some of these guys getting back in the lineups, I feel a little bit more comfortable saying that, yeah, he's probably not going to get nine and a half. And then and if I had to take an over on one, it would probably be Jokic points, rebounds, and assists, especially if Monte Morris sits. I think that's a pretty sure thing. It's a 100-point value. It's priced at 46.5 total for points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, and we can see him get that done if he touches near that 30-point actual mark. It's about 28 points. We can always count on double-digit rebounds from him and close to double-digit assists. But I'm good with that. I'm willing to take a shot on Jokic. So Jokic over James Harden under for the rebounds, and those would be my two top picks. Now, Brenton, let these people know where they can find you on Twitter. Great follow, great dude, always willing to talk hoops, whether it's DFS, year-long, whatever it may be, let them know. Yeah, man, I'm on Twitter at uh, terrain72, so T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm still still throwing my voice out into the void there. I'm not not so heavily involved with uh, with the ethos guys anymore. But, uh, yeah, I'm still in the background. And if you want to ask me fantasy questions season long or daily, especially daily, um, throw it at me, T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. 
And you can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A, where I'm actively just I'm more of a, I'm a little bit more of a boring Twitter follow. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll throw out some things here and there, but I try to just do the dirty work for a lot of people. When I see news pop up through beat writers, sites, whatever it may be, I try to get it out there as soon as possible so that you guys can adjust your lineups throughout the day while you're making them and things like that. So, you know, I like to think, Brent, and I do the dirty work, but I, I'll throw out some gifts. I'm a big gift guy uh, here and there and uh, give my takes, obviously, on everything else that's going on around the NBA landscape. I'm a big NFL fan, too, over here, but try to stick with what I'm good at. You don't, you don't see me giving out NFL DFS takes. Uh, that's one thing because, you know. Stick to what I'm good at, man. (laughs) But uh, also give us a thumbs up, a five star, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, iTunes, whatever it might be. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. We notice it every single day. You'll hear me say it all the time. And I think I'm going to start doing a little bit of giveaways and stuff like that. People follow me. They also see my other junkie habit is uh, I'm a big basketball card collector, NBA cards. Absolutely addicted. I actually have two boxes coming in tomorrow that I can't wait for getting ready to call out of work just so I can make a day out of it. But uh, I, w- I would love to give away some some nice cards I have. So if you screenshot that and maybe you put it on Twitter, you tag me in it, if we can get 10 people that do that, I'll pick one or two of those randomly, uh, send you over something, maybe whatever your favorite team is, whether it's like you know an authentic piece of the jersey or the card, maybe it's an autograph of a player from that team, whatever it might be, I'd love to give something out to some people. So screenshot it tag me in it if we get 10 of those i will do it it doesn't need to be uh overnight i would appreciate it if it was overnight but once i see 10 people have done that i'll put those 10 people in a pool and i'll pick randomly one or two names out of that hat and send some stuff out for you guys so you are as you are the prince of the people yeah i try to be man i try to be and listen it's (laughs) selfish because i also want people to do something for me so i gotta give back when someone's (laughs) doing me a favor and this is how it works man it goes full circle uh but thank you guys as always for listening Brenton, my friend thank you for jumping on with me it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show i hope you can you know step back in sometime soon you're always welcome to jump on with us over here at sports ethos you are a dfs mind that i love to pick and you are a basketball whiz and it's always worth mentioning that so our listeners again go follow him at terrain 72 you will not regret it we will be back tomorrow it will be santino on with Dave Menkoff. They'll be handling that wonderful Friday slate for you guys. As always, take care. Enjoy your New Year's because I guess the next time you will be hearing from me, I guess it will be New Year's. So take care. Have a good one. And let's go win some money. <laughs>